0: Just as I am without one plea, but that Thy blood was
1: shed for me. Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of In the Word with Mel Bennett, a study of Scripture passages from the Word of God. It's great to have you with us. My name is Steve Webb. If this is your first time with us, I hope you like what you hear. If you're a returning listener, you're now part of the Lifespring family, with all the benefits that accrue thereto. Today, Pastor Bennett will continue his teaching from the Gospel of John, verses 4 and 5, and will have as a subject, the themes of John, life and light. Before we get started, I just want to say that Pastor Bennett had some technical issues in recording this message. I cleaned it up as best I could, and if you'll hang in there, it does get better about halfway through. Also, at the end, Pastor again reads the words of an old hymn. I promise you, we don't discuss beforehand what he's going to say, other than him just giving me a very brief idea of the topic or verses he'll cover on the next podcast. But the hymn he references today is one that I did on the Lifespring Hymn Stories podcast. So be sure to listen all the way to the end of the podcast today to hear more about that okay without further ado here is pastor mel bennett with the accompaniment of some songbirds
0: hi thanks for listening today i want to do a couple of things before i start into the word of god rather and that is first of all to explain that i'm doing this broadcast from my daughter's bedroom where i'm staying and uh, the window is open and consequently you may hear some birds chirping you may hear an air conditioner turned on by the neighbor's home or you may hear airplanes flower any of these things could distract i trust they will not maybe there'll be a good background for our podcast today the second thing is before we study john chapter one i want to answer a question that i received from a listener they're in reference to the statement that the gnostics of john's day were infiltrating the early church with their philosophies We must remember, first of all, that Gnostics were wrong in their beliefs. The statement I made was that there were emanations that proceeded out from God. The question was, what is an emanation? To the best of my understanding, and the simplest understanding, an emanation was thought to be a power or force proceeding out from God. Now remember, this thinking was wrong and Jesus came to destroy this philosophy. Now let's get right into the word for today. John chapter 1 verse number 5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. One verse says, did not put it out. Here we meet still another of John's key words, the word darkness. The word darkness occurs seven times in the Gospel of John. There was a darkness in the world that was as real as the light. There are several points concerning this that I want to bring out to your attention today. Number one, the darkness is hostile to the light. The light shines in darkness, but the man who is a sinner loves the darkness and hates the light. Why would that be so? It's simply this, because the light shows up too many things in their lives. The early Christian religions had a great influence on men's thinking in John's day. They believed that there were two great opposing powers in the universe, the God of the light and the God of the dark. This whole universe was a battleground in this eternal cosmic conflict between the light and the dark, and all that mattered in life was the side which man chose. So, John said, into the world there comes Jesus, and he collides with the world system, the dark system. There is a darkness which would seek to eliminate him, to banish him from life, to extinguish him. But there is a power in Jesus that is undefeatable. The darkness can hate him, but it can never get rid of him. As it has been truly said, not all the darkness in the world can extinguish one little flame. The unquenchable light will in the end defeat the dark. I use the illustration often of two rooms, one a very dark room with no light at all. Beside it is a room with a door, and there is light in that room. If you were in the dark room, you could not even see your hand in front of your face. It was so dark. When you open the door, ask yourself this question, would the light come into the dark room or would the darkness go into the light room? Oh, you got it right. The light would go into the dark room. Light always penetrates the darkness. Jesus is saying simply this, choose your side in the eternal conflict of darkness and light, but be certain to choose the right side. The right side is the light. Secondly, the darkness stands for the natural sphere of all those who hate the good. It is men whose deeds are are evil who fear the night. John three nineteen and 20 says, The man who has something to hide hates the light and loves the dark, but it is impossible to hide anything from God. This searching of God sweeps the shadows away and illuminates the evilness of this world. Thirdly, there are certain passages where the darkness seems to stand for ignorance especially that willful ignorance which refuses the light of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness. He said to his disciples one day, the light will be with you but a short time. Let them walk in it. If they do not, the darkness comes and a man who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. He says, He came with His light that men would not be able to abide in darkness. You see, without Jesus Christ, a man cannot find or see the way. He is like a blindfolded man or even like a blind man. Without Jesus Christ, life was lost. Jesus is the light which shows a man the road and which lights the road at every step of the way. There are times when John uses the word darkness symbolically. He uses it at times to mean more than merely the dark of a literal and an earthly light. He tells of the miracle of Jesus walking on the water. He tells how his disciples had embarked on their boat trip and how they were crossing the lake without Jesus. And then he says, it was now dark and Jesus was not come to them. You see, without the presence of Jesus, there was nothing but the threatening dark. He tells of the resurrection morning. He begins the story the first day of the week, Mary and comes with Mary Magdalene. And when it was dark, the Bible says, John was telling us that Mary was living at, at the moment in a world from which she thought that Jesus had been eliminated. A world like that was dark. Jesus tells the story of the Last Supper. In it he tells how Judas received the sop. He went out to do his terrible work and to arrange for the betrayal of Jesus. John says with a kind of terrible symbolism. He was having him, having received the sop, went out immediately and it was night or it was dark. Judas was going out into the night of a life which had betrayed Jesus Christ. To John, the Christian life was a life in the dark. The darkness stands for life without Christ and especially for life which has turned its back on Christ. Finally, the Greek word which we translate put out can have three meanings. One, the darkness never understood the light. There is a sense in which the person of the world does not understand the demands of Christ Or the way which Christ offers them. Secondly, the darkness never overcame Christ. The darkness pursued Christ Jesus, but could not overtake Him. It tried to eliminate Jesus, even to the point of the crucifixion, but it never succeeded. Man's attempt at an extinguishing flame or fire is the third point. Although men did their best, To eliminate or extinguish the flame of the light in Jesus Christ. They could not put it out. In every generation the light shines on in spite of man's attempt to put it out. Praise God. Now look at John 1 6 through 9. Here we read of the witness to Jesus Christ. Listen to these words. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. It seems that every reference to John the Baptist in the Gospel of John is a matter of depreciation. There is a reason for this. For 400 years the voice of prophecy was not heard. Now the voice is once again heard, and people had a tendency to give this Baptist a higher place than they did to God. John needed people to see that the Baptist held a place subordinate to Jesus Christ. The Baptist was a witness to that light. He did not see himself as a Christ or even as a great prophet himself. John 1 and 20 John the Baptist gave no encouragement to the exaltation of himself or his ministry. In comparison to Jesus. Rather, he discouraged it. Tragically, it still can happen today that people worship a preacher rather than the Christ. May God help us that we never put a preacher above God, but we realize Jesus Christ is the hope that which we long for and the light which we look for. Another great key word of John's gospel is the word witness. There are at least eight witnesses to the validity of Christ in the gospel. Very quickly and shortly, let's look at those eight points. Number one, there is the witness of the Father. Jesus said, the Father that sent me bears witness of me. What did he mean? He meant simply that an inner voice spoke to him of what he was about and what he was to do. Also, there would be an inner voice in the people that would witness to them that Jesus was truly the Son of God. You see, unless that inner voice speaks to our hearts that Jesus is the Christ, we can never come to Him. Jesus said, I am one that bears witness of myself. So there is the witness of Jesus Himself. This means that what Jesus claims about Himself is true and He is His best witness. He claimed to be the light that was the way, the truth, and the life. He claimed to be one with the Father the Son of God, our Savior, and the Master of men. Had He claimed these things and not lived up to them, He would have been nothing but a blasphemer and a shock to all people. But His life and character proved that His words were true. Thirdly, we have the witness of His words. Jesus said, The works that the Father gave Me to do bear witness to Me, and so we have now the witness of His works. He also said, believe me for the very works themselves. One of the great condemnations of people is that though they see, they do not believe. When John speaks of this, he is not only speaking of the miracle of Jesus, but his very life and character. He meant his life every moment of every day. Listen to me closely. It is not by working miracles that we prove that we believe, by living every day for Jesus. It is in the ordinary things of life that we show our Christian life the best. Fourthly, there was the witness of the scriptures. Jesus said, if you had believed Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote of me all through the history of Israel. Men had dreamed of the day when life, a Messiah, would come. They had drawn their pictures and set down their ideas of Him. Now in Jesus, all of their dreams and hopes and pictures of Him were finally and fully realized and fulfilled. He for whom the world had been waiting had come, and yet they refused to accept Him. How tragic. The fifth witness was the last of the great prophets. The scripture says of John the Baptist, he came a witness to bear witness to that light. The one in whom the prophetic witness culminates, he bore witness to the fact that Jesus was truly the Messiah for whom they had looked. Point number six, there is those with whom Jesus came in contact. What of the woman at Samaria? What of the blind man? On and on this goes the people who came in contact with Jesus Christ. And what of the deaf and the lepers who came to him and were healed in every age, there have been people who have been really and willingly to witness to his power to heal and to save. These were the people who the Sanhedrins did not want to hear, but they were there ready to witness for Christ rather than against him but they did not want to hear it. The seventh witness is the witness of the disciples. John himself said of the crucifixion, He that saw it bears witness, and his witness is true. The story John tells is no second-hand story. His story is his own experience. The best kind of witness is one in which we can say, This is true because I experienced it myself. Last but not least, there is the witness of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, when the Comforter has come, even the Spirit of truth, he will bear witness of me. To the Jews, the Spirit had two functions. The Spirit brought God's truth to men. And secondly, the Spirit enabled them to receive the truth. It is the Spirit's work to do the same two things today. John wrote his gospel to prove that Jesus was and is the Son of God. The Holy Spirit confirms it. Listen to the words of this beautiful old hymn. He leadeth me, O blessed God, O words with heavenly comfort fraught. Whate'er I do, where'er I be, still tis God's hand that leadeth me. He leadeth me, he leadeth me, by his own hand he leadeth me. His faithful follower I would be, for by His hand He leadeth me. Sometimes mid scenes of deepest gloom, sometimes where Eden's bowers bloom, by water still or troubled sea, still tis God's hand that leadeth me. Lord, I would clasp Thy hand in mine, nor ever murmur nor repine, content whate'er for lot I see, still tis Thy hand that leadeth me. And when my task on earth is done, when by Thy grace the victory's won, even in death's cold wave I will not flee, since God through death leadeth me. He leadeth me, He leadeth me, by His own hand He leadeth me. His faithful follower I would be, since by His hand He leadeth me. Oh, those are blessed words. Listen to me in closely as I close the day. If we will allow Him, He will lead us to the light, and that light will shine and bring a witness to the fact that Jesus is truly the Christ, and being the Christ, He is the Savior of the world. God bless you.
1: Thank you, Pastor. The light is a lamp unto our feet, if we will just allow Him to lead us. If you'd like to listen to the story behind that hymn, I did do an episode of Lifespring Hymn Stories about it. It's episode number 47. Just go to hymns.lifespringmedia.com and look up that episode number 47. Thank you for being with us today. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you won't miss an episode. Until next week, May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.